Good morning and welcome. My name's Steve Cunningham. I'm the lead pastor at Wellhouse Church, and we're so excited for you to be joining us this morning all online. Due to the weather and the snow, here we are, but I'm so glad that you have decided to join with us. And I pray today is a blessing, even though you're home uh, and maybe there's snow around you. We pray that, that something today is a blessing to you. We have been going through this series over the last couple of weeks now, um, and we're talking about going from here to there. And you probably have experienced that in your own life where you, you kind of recognize where you are and then you realize you want to go somewhere else, that that God is taking you, he's transitioning you, or, or maybe you're not a God believer yet, but you realize in your life, in your marriage, in your health, in your finances, you're one place and you really need to be somewhere else. And so that's what we're talking about as a church that we want to go from one place to the next, but how do we do it? And so we've been looking at that. And on top of that, uh, we're also talking about our birthday month. This is, this is a time where we get to celebrate. So at the end of this month, the very last Sunday of this month, we uh, have set aside a time to celebrate together. So we want to encourage you to come on out, be a part of that. We're really excited about that. Invite some friends, some family out to join us. God has blessed Wellhouse abundantly in the past, and we've been able to do some really amazing things, but we know God's not done yet, that, that God has more in store for us, and we're looking forward to that. And so as we talk over the last couple of weeks and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to begin to see how God is shaping us and molding us into what he wants us to be for the future. Last week, we talked about this idea, idea of family. Right. And and as a family, as we look at Wellhouse Church as a family, we first stopped at this idea of belonging that a lot of people, uh, in fact, everybody is born with this deep need to belong. Psychologists, psychiatrists have pointed back to Abraham Maslow and said, you know, he really hit the nail on the head when he talked about this this hierarchy of needs and how the the need for love and belonging is so vitally important. And we want Wellhouse to be a place where everyone belongs. It's kind of like that that old show Cheers, right? A place where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. That's what we want Wellhouse to be, but we recognize that as a part of belonging, it's not just enough to welcome somebody in. We have to want them. We have to desire them to be there. So what does that look like for us? And also belonging takes a step on somebody else's part too. It's not just enough to sit back and kind of relax and say, all right, I'll, I'll be involved or I'll, I'll belong when somebody else wants me or desires me. But that we take the opportunity, we take the initiative to get plugged in, that we take ownership, right, to invest in what's going on around us. And that's what we want when we talk about belonging to Wellhouse, that we want, we desire all kinds of people. And as we pull in those people, right, as, as we not just welcome them in, but want them in, that each person will take their own ownership, their own responsibility, their own investment into what Wellhouse is. So hopefully last week as you looked at that, you looked at the ways that you can invest. And maybe it's in somebody else wanting them, desiring them to be a part. Or maybe it's saying, hey, listen, now's my opportunity to invest. Now's my opportunity to take ownership at Wellhouse. 
This week, we're going to continue on that family talk, and we're, we're going to be looking at the, the word bless today. Last week was belong. This week is bless. Next week is become. But this week, as we talk about bless and what it means to uh, bless other people, I couldn't think of a better way to start than in Acts chapter 9. It's a really short uh, little story about a woman who actually has two different names going on. Uh, and we're going to look at this story and then figure out what maybe this means for us or what can our takeaway be. This is what we find in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. It says this, In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, or in Greek her name was Dorcas. That's an unfortunate name, right? And nobody wants the name Dorcas. Tabitha is way better, right? But what we find out, even just quickly in this in this short little section, this name in, in Greek, it, it means gazelle. It actually is this idea of beauty, that this person's life is beautiful. And this truly is the story of Tabitha. Keep reading on. This is what it says. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36, she says, She was always going about doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and it was placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the, the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men and urged him, please come at once. Peter was with them, and when he arrived, he was taken to the upstairs room, and all the widows stood around him. They were crying, and they were showing the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And Peter sent them all out of the room, and he got down on his knees, and then he prayed, and turning up toward, toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up and he took her by the hand and he helped her to her feet. And then he called for all the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Like I said, it's really just a couple of short verses here, but in short verses, we learn this idea of what it means to truly bless other people. If you notice here in verse 36, uh, it says that Tabitha was a disciple. In fact, it says uh, she was always doing good and helping the poor. This was this was her. She was a disciple. That's what she's known for. And she was also known for doing good and helping the poor. Now, this word disciple, it's lost on us, right? Because we kind of throw it around. The meaning is really lost. But in Jesus's day, the, the, the word disciple was a strong word, it, it actually meant something. And it, what it meant was a student who adheres, right? It, it wasn't just somebody who believed in something. It wasn't somebody who understood some things. It was a student who adhered to something else. That's what Tabitha was. She, she saw the teachings of Jesus, and it wasn't just a message to her. It wasn't something uh, emotional. It wasn't, it wasn't like a good idea, right? It was something that she took in the context of her life and then, and then applied it. Now, this is exactly what Jesus wanted his followers to do. He wanted them not just to hear his message, 
but to apply it. In fact, you remember the story in, in Matthew, right? In chapter 5, we read that Jesus has all of these followers, all these people that are gathered around on a countryside, and he begins teaching them. We call this the parable or the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, right? Where he teaches all of these things to these people gathered around. And do you remember how he ends the Sermon on the Mount? The most powerful, amazing sermon of all time. He ends it with this song that, that you and I probably, if you grew up in church, you probably remember singing the wise and the foolish builder, right? And, and the part of the song that you and I love the most, if you were growing up singing it, is when the foolish man's house went, splat, right? That was the funnest part. But listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says this, therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and they beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, the crowds, they were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not like their teachers of the law. All the crowd of, of people had gathered around and listened to him, and they listened to him throw out all these amazing things. And then he said, listen, all this stuff is great, but, but if you don't do something with it, it's meaningless. He says, don't just be people who hear the message. Don't be people who just show up. Be people who do. Here's, here's the point. Here's the first point. In blessing other people, application makes all the difference. Application makes all the difference. Listen, we know tons of great stuff to do, but if we don't ever do it, it doesn't really matter. And that's the point with Tabitha, right? She wasn't just somebody who could quote scripture. She wasn't somebody who just you know, showed up to the temple in Jerusalem and, and, and sacrificed. She was somebody who truly put into word, uh, to action the words of Christ, right? The cup of cold water, the, the visiting, the taking care of, the, the true religion that is pure and faultless, right? Was to take and, and help out after orphans and widows. And that's exactly what Tabitha did. She was a disciple. And true disciples, true, true disciples of Jesus, well, they look like Jesus. And they bless those around them. And that's what we desire at Wellhouse. As a part of our family, we want to belong and we want others to belong, but we also want to bless those around us. It's kind of like living in your own home, right? I mean, imagine if everybody has had to fend for themselves and nobody ever took time to care after somebody else, right? You, you fix your own food yourself. You know, if somebody else in your house is sick or hurting or, you know, upset or whatever, it's just, they're just off on their own and you do your own thing in your own isolated chamber. Well, that doesn't work. And that's not how our families function. 
and a wellhouse as we strive to be a true family. That we want to be the kind of family that blesses other people, that we look for those opportunities, that we participate in those opportunities to do exactly what Jesus said, to put into practice not just the things that we hear, not just to hear them, but to put them into practice. That application truly does make all the difference. In verse 37, it says that, that Tabitha was sick and then she dies. And then they did something really weird. I don't know if you caught this or not, but instead of going out and burying her, which, which was pretty commonplace because they felt like the, that if you touch a dead person that you were unclean, so that typically they would bury the body very quickly. Instead, in Tabitha's case, did you notice what they did? They, they took her body, they washed it, and then they put it in an upper room. Now, this is unusual. And what we find out is, in the story previous to this, that, that Peter is nearby, about 10 or 12 miles in a small town, just, just not too far from there. So they send out some disciples to say, hey, listen, Tabitha, this, this amazing disciple who's, who's known for doing good and helping other people, she died. And we know that uh, that you maybe could do something. So is there any way that you can come? So Peter shows up on the spot and he sees all of them grieving and they're showing him all of the things. And it's like as if, you know, time was standstill for them. It's, they, they don't want to move on. If there's any way that they can preserve her life, that's what they're trying to do because her life made a difference, and they didn't want to part with her. That's huge. See, the idea of blessing other people, that as we truly put into practice the life of Jesus, that when we're not there anymore, it should be impactful. Have you ever been around somebody and just, just the presence of them made you feel so much better that like when you weren't with them anymore, you're like, man, I just need to go back and spend some time with that person. Their wisdom or their energy or their enthusiasm or their positivity, whatever it is, is like, man, whatever they have, I'm missing it in my life and I want to be near them. So that's a huge blessing. And that's what Tabitha was to the people around her. They loved her so much that they're like, listen, and we have to hang on to every hope that we have that maybe something can, can happen to where Tabitha is back with us because we would miss her terribly. So Peter comes and he sees her laying there and he, he has everybody leave. And I can only think about what was happening outside of that room. See, as everybody else leave, they're like, you know, what's what's going on in there? What's what's happening? What are the conversations? You know, they're they're probably not even really expecting that she could be raised from the dead, or maybe they had high hopes that she would. Here's what I know for sure: is that her impact would have been missed if she wasn't there, and they knew it. The question for us at Wellhouse is this. If we weren't around anymore, would our community miss us? 
If, if we didn't exist anymore, would there be people who say, man, I miss their positivity. I, I'm, I miss the way they serve. I miss the way they love. I miss the way that they welcome us in, that they want us in, that they want to be a part of us. Man, I'm, I, I don't know if I believe everything that they believe, but man, do I miss them. That's why we want to be a place that not only people can be belong, but that people are blessed through us. Here's what I believe is true, is that God has blessed you to bless other people. You're the conduit by which other people in our community and your life and in our world need to be blessed through God, through you. That God has given you certain abilities and strengths and, and resources to bless other people. So the question is, if, if we folded up the doors, would our community really miss us? And that's what we want. That's what we see with Tabitha, right? That everybody gathers around and says, we, we don't know if we can go on without her, without her spirit without her generosity, without her constantly doing good. And so they wanted to hang on. The story of Tabitha is not done, however. Verse 39, as it continues on, Peter went up with them. And when he arrives, remember, he gets upstairs and they're all around, right? And, and, and they're showing Peter something. Notice all the widows are around and they're showing him all the robes and the clothes that Tabitha has made for them. Now, I have now I'll, I'll be the first to admit this. I have never made a robe. I've never made an article of clothing. My my mom is a, a seamstress, you know, and my grandma was a seamstress and I know people who sew, but I've never tried to do that. But I know how much time goes into it. And I think about this, that as Tabitha used the, the kind of crude instruments that she would have had at the time to, to make these clothes for widows and make these robes for people and the poor and the outcasts and all these things that she must have been thinking about and praying for them. And they were, she was making it intentionally. There's something that kind of um, makes me sad as I think about, about this idea of Christian and what it means to be Christian and a Christ follower is that We've taken the word Christian and we've watered it down. Like if you ask any person, you go to work or ask somebody on the street or go from church to church and, and you ask them, like, are you a Christian? They might say, you know, yes. Or what is a Christian? And, and, then, and then all of a sudden the waters become really muddy. Like it's really hard to define. Andy Stanley says this, it's easier to be, be a Christian than it is a Jesus follower. It's easier to be a Christian than a Jesus follower because we've kind of muddied this water of what it is to be a, a Christian, but a Jesus follower? Now that's specific. That's, that's something that's, that's real. That's, that's, we look at the life of Jesus and what he did, and then we imitate that in our own world. And that's huge. And that's what we need to be as, as a wellhouse family, as, as we look to bless other people that, that we aren't, we don't just bear the name Christian, right? We don't do, we're not just the kind of person who shows up, but we truly follow Jesus.
And we go where he goes. And here's the true sign of a Jesus follower, a disciple, is that you'll do what Jesus did even when it's hard, even when it costs you. This is how Tabitha got her name. I, this is this is what it was because in in the evenings or the days when she probably felt like you know what I'm tired I I want some me time I, I need some family time I I, I want to just do my own thing Tabitha thought you know what what would Jesus do right now There's people that are hurting people people that need warmth There's people that have nobody else to take care of them What would Jesus do right now it's easy to be a Christ follower. It's easy to be called a Christian. It's much more difficult to be a Jesus follower, to truly be a disciple of Jesus and to do what he did here on earth. And when we do those things, what we find is that we truly are a blessing to other people. You go back to the story in Matthew chapter 7 as Jesus wraps up his Sermon on the Mount, right? And we look at this idea of the wise man and the foolish man and the house that goes splat. And I think about this, right? If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, what does that say about you? What does that say about me if we know the things that we're supposed to do and we don't act in our own best interests? What does that mean for us? See, what God really wants for us is to truly, not just listen to him, but to truly follow him to go the places that he would go, to do the things that he would do, to not wait for other people to bless us, but to be a blessing to other people. Remember that he said, I didn't come to be served. Oh, I could do that. I, I, I'm, I'm God's only son, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And what if, what if as a Jesus follower, you and I took that same sense? I didn't come to, to be served. I'm not expecting to have it my way. In fact, I, I'm not even anticipating that. I have come to serve and to give away my life for people who may not ever even appreciate it. See, that's a different approach, isn't it? And here's the thing, it's really, it's really easy to say, all right, if that's the direction of Wellhouse, I'm out. But I, I believe that we're called as, as people who follow Jesus to be on that path, to be people who help others belong to Christ, who, who belong to Christ ourselves, who, who develop this community, but who also live a life that is blessing other people. We look for opportunities to bless other people. Because here's the thing, to know and not do will only leave you looking foolish. To know and not do will only leave you looking foolish. It happened to the foolish builder in Matthew chapter 7. And quite frankly, we, we see that all throughout even our own history, right? 
People who know better, oh, they know better. They should have They should have never picked up that phone. They should have never made that text, right? They should have never made that relationship. They should have never stopped working there. They, they, they should have never made that their priority, but they did it anyway, and it wound up leaving them look foolish. So for Wellhouse in our future, we know. We know what God has called us to, to be a blessing to our community, that when we can and when we're able and every opportunity, we want to look around and, and be wildly generous with the way that we treat other people. Be wildly generous with the things that we can do and bless other people. Our goal is to go from a people who belong to a people who bless and so for some of you, I mean, this whole God thing is new and, and you're still trying to figure it out. You're like, I like the belong part. But for some of you, you already belong. You're already a part of it. And now it's time to take another step in a relationship with Jesus as you look to bless those around you. So would you pray with me as we look at that as a church and how you and I can bless our community, bless the Goodlettsville area. We're going to have, in, in another month, we're going to have people in and they're going to be talking to us about the community in which we worship in and how we can be neighbors, the people that maybe you and I don't know very well. But right now, let's pray uh, and, and ask God to open our hearts to this idea of being a blessing, being a Tabitha to the people around us. To, to truly have a disciple heart. God, we thank you so much for loving us and for calling us and for desiring us to imitate you here on earth. And God, we confess that there's a lot of times, uh, there's, a, there's things that we know to do, but, but our own pride, our own selfishness, our own desires get in the way and then we don't do those things. So God, help us to be like the wise builder who, who hears the words and then we put them into practice and we hear the words and we put them into practice so that God, as, as people look around, they see us as a Tabitha and they would say, I have no idea what I would do without them. God, we thank you for Tabitha. We thank you for the way she lived her life and as an example to us, that we might be the same way in our community. So God, we pray for the opportunities for us to just knock down our door. We pray that we would be people who would seek those things out. God, would you give us the courage and strength to be a people who bless others, even when it costs us. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.